I told you earlier what I was going to ask you. So, <laughs> where have you seen God at work? Yes. You had a neighbor show up, and by their love, they helped you plant flowers. By the way, Becca, I'm moving around today. So sorry, you're doing great. So, anywhere else you've seen God at work in your life? Thursday night. So, so last week, if you, I asked who can help do senior packing, uh, food packing for seniors, not senior packing. We don't pack seniors. <laughs> yeah, and, and we have plenty of people come out. Um, wonderful, beautiful. So next service, when I talked to the kids about the live plant, have any of you found the live plant yet? Nope. <laughs> This is going to be so much fun playing hide-and-seek with them next service. But I'm going to say one of the ways you know a real church and where the Spirit of the Lord is, is by love, right? And love doesn't seem like it's a powerful force. Jesus said, love God, greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Second commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Right now I'm reading a book about peace, and he said, the reason Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you, not just love others. That was Jesus' new commandment, right? Love one another as I have loved you. Is if you go and you just love others, it's a, you're the center of the world, and you're going to shine real bright, and you'll love other people, but you will burn out, Right? But if you love one another as Jesus loved, you will give and you will receive. Somebody, I don't know who because they didn't sign it, anonymously loved me. Just a simple note. Thank you for your love for our church family. Right? I may not be the smartest pastor. I learned Greek. I remember very little of it. If you tried to hold a conversation with me, I would smile and nod a lot. But I love my people. Love really is the most powerful force in the world. And it is because of love that you have shown up here. It is because of love that people have given their lives in service over the years. It's because of love that we provide for, what, 150 families a year, a place to put their kids, right? And you have a staff who loves them. It's hard to love other people's kids, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody in the bank's going, amen, with the giggle. It was because it is, because it's hard to, isn't it? It's hard to love other people's kids. It's hard because those kids are 
noisy, irritating, what? Unruly. They don't do things the way you taught your kids to do. Am I right? Or am I right? My kids never behaved that way. The blessedness of distance and memory, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so you all cannot see what the car and I just saw Jake posted up there. Stop talking about my kids. <laughs> when we love the kids, no matter what, we provide a possibility that they might become people who love other people and continue the work that we value, right? Because of the love of this church, kids are cared for. Because of the love of this church, families who can't afford clothing for their kids, we clothe between, what, 50 and 100 kids a week. Okay, do you hear that? Between 50 and 100 kids a week. Because of that love, people who don't even come to this church bring clothing to help make sure that kids are provided for and families who are struggling don't have to struggle as much. Because of the love of this church, Five hundred boxes of food, six hundred boxes of food go out to seniors who are struggling with the awful choice. Do I buy medicine or food this week? You, church, are changing the world by the Spirit of God at work in you. When we talk about where do you see the Holy Spirit, people are looking for the fire on the head, the fire coming down from heaven. But I want you to know it's in the little moments. It's in the small things. Zechariah said, "Don't that the Spirit of the Lord through him said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Every single big event in your life is just the accumulation of a million thousand small ones come together. I want to, before we get to the prayer, I want to begin with asking you to look in your life and see where God has been at work and look in our church and ask the Holy Spirit to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. So won't you just take a moment right now. We're going to pause and pray. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see and ears to hear where you are at work in us. We pray that with me? Holy Spirit, give me eyes to see and ears to hear where you are at work in us. Feeding a bunch of big people is a big thing, isn't it? Caring for 
a bunch of kids is a huge endeavor, right? But as I said, it's not always in this big fire from heaven moment that the Holy Spirit works. Somebody told me that they're reading through the Bible and they've never done that before. And they're finding God and helping to make sense. Sometimes it's not a fire from heaven. It's just a candle flickering, bringing hope to the night of despair. Where are you shining for God? Even just in a little way. Where are you shining for God? What is the Spirit doing in you? The disciples that day did so much that people said, what's going on? Right? Where are people looking at you and saying, what is going on? Right? Where are you letting God bring some new stuff to you? Where are you bringing hope then into your world? Where is the Spirit of God alive and well in you? And the purpose of the Spirit's action is not just to make you have spiritual experiences that make you fat and happy, right? I had a good experience with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus loved me. Jesus loved me. Jesus loved me. Jesus does love you. But if all you've gotten is fat and happy, you miss the point. The fire of God's life in you is to help strengthen you and make you more able to bless the world around you to shine the light when it gets dark. So last week, I, for some reason, I get Catholic news service. Don't know why. And in that, I got an article about how awful people were treating the church and, and how awful these drag queens are who are dressing up as nuns and they're just making a mockery of our faith. And um, I pulled a page out of Pope Francis, who said, until we are more upset about the atrocities committed by ourselves upon the world than those that the world create upon us, we have no right to complain. I like me some Pope Francis. <laughs> Christians get really good at complaining about the darkness, don't we? You know what I mean? We can get a good grump fest going on. Anybody been a part of a good grump fest lately? Ain't it awful how these people do that or those people do this? Do we, any of you get into the ain't it awful trap? Isaiah was praying. And he found himself in the Holy of Holies before the throne of God. And he said, oh, snap. Loose interpretation. 
how am I going to live because I've seen God face to face? And an angel brings a coal, symbol of fire, touches his lips and says, I've purified you. Now who's going to go help all these people? This world is full of darkness. Who's going to just shine a little bit of a light of hope? Who's going to let themselves be put on fire to light the darkness? Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Today, as we look in a world that is struggling for hope, I look back to John Wesley and he said, all I do is I go outside of town, I light myself a fire and people come and watch me burn. There are people who need to see some Christians who aren't holding a grump fest, but lighting some candles of hope. And you do that by simple acts of love. Simple things that lead to joy, even if it's just dropping a rock for somebody to find later. Church, the Holy Spirit has been filling us. Y'all have been praying more. Y'all have been reaching out. And I celebrate what I see. I think God wants to do some new things. I was talking with some pastor friends the other day. And I said, you know, we have a lot of churches that have gotten grown really big over time. And, and they got sort of flaky because they didn't get deeper. I believe God is calling us to depth so that we can reach out wider. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, bring the fire of your life to renew us and our world. A church that's deeper, that immerses itself in what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to love Jesus, what it means to love God and our neighbor and ourselves, to love each other, love one another. That kind of church lets the fire of the Holy Spirit fill it, and then it goes out and it changes the face of the earth. We've already begun doing that, but I believe God is calling us deeper. I was meeting with St. Andrew's pastor, and he and I are working on a project to see how we can help each other's congregation to grow deeper, how we can encourage one another to prayer. And we're going to invite all of the United Methodist churches together to do that. Two of them are getting new pastors this year, so we're going to let them get used to their congregations before we invite them into the deep water. thought that was kind, don't you? What happens when your children play well together? Make your heart happy? What happens when God's children play well together? Makes God's heart happy, but it also changes the world. Would you pray with me one more time? Holy Spirit, bring the fire of your life to renew us and our world. So dream with me for just a moment and then we'll sing.
What would happen in your life if you grow deeper and God's able to reach wider? Who are the people in your world who you most want hope for? Who you most want peace for? Who you most want life for? What happens when the light of God's love shows more brightly through you for them? It's a good day, isn't it? 